Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I was like, oh, Dean's not wearing a shirt. And then I was like, oh, like, also hot girl. <laughs> She's not wearing a shirt either. Also not wearing a shirt. So, yeah, I just marked me down as distracted. <laughs> Equality. Dean finds himself as some clothes. And I click, no, I was almost more distracted by Dean wearing a shirt because I got distracted by the shirt. This is the shirt that Dean was wearing in Playthings and Night Shifter that reminded me of a shirt that Dean wears in a really important to me scene in season 15, episode three, The Rupture. It's the shirt. <laughs> At least you're thirsty in, like, a useful way. <laughs> And you're listening to the Supernatural Opinions Podcast, where some things in this world are supernatural. My pronouns are Shive, and this is the podcast where I talk to my fellow Supernatural fans about Supernatural, and we share our Supernatural opinions. Today we're recapping Season 2, Episode 20, What Is and What Should Never Be, which originally aired on May 3rd, 2007. And here to help me do that are my guests of the week, Meredith, Jordan, and Nick. Meredith, remind everyone who you are. Oh, I'm Meredith. My pronouns are she and her, and I can't really think of a snappy thing to say, so that you just get boring stuff. <laughs> and Jordan, remind everyone who you are. Hi, I'm Jordan at PsychicChick21 on the TikTok, and I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you back. It's been a little while since you were last here. It has. I don't remember how long of a little while, but I know it's been a little while. <laughs> months. It's been months. It's been a long time. And Nick, remind everyone who you are. Yeah, I'm Nick, I'm just tired, but I'm here. Yeah, you're here, and that's what counts. <laughs> and it's been a few weeks since you were here also, so we're glad you're back. Happy to be here again. This week's episode will contain spoilers for this episode and may reference previous episodes, but will not contain spoilers for later episodes of Supernatural. This week's episode is titled What Is and What Should Never Be, and that's a reference to the song by that name on Led Zeppelin's second album from 1969. And this week's episode was written by Rael Tucker and directed by actual show creator Eric Kripke. Appropriate. Rael Tucker last wrote just a few episodes ago on season two, episode 16, Roadkill, and Eric obviously created Supernatural, and this is the first of two episodes that he's directed in the show run. The second one is not going to be for a while. It's the season four finale. But yeah, we're excited. We're excited to talk about Eric and we're excited to talk about this episode. <laughs> Let's get into the recap. Dean is driving on his own and Sam calls from the Joyeux Motel where they are staying because there's a police car parked outside the room, but they drive away. Sam is not enjoying their increased on the runness. They are fugitives <laughs> after the last couple of episodes. It was last week that we had Folsom Prison Blues so they are really on the run now. <laughs> yeah, they have a lot of reasons to be skittish. Yeah, everybody is looking for them. Just a little paranoid. Yeah. The police is Joye Metro, which is about 48 kilometers or 30 miles from Chicago. I did look up where they 
were. Was there stuff already out of the room? I guess. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> so they're not coming back. They are not. <laughs> I noticed that they showed the license plate in the very first shot of the episode, and Dean then specifically mentions it when he's talking to Sam. And that's when I remembered that this is the first time that they've changed the license plate. From Kansas to Ohio, right? Yeah. Kansas plate was KAZ 2Y5, and now we are in Ohio, so the plate is CNK80Q3. And Sam's like, well, while I have you on the phone, do you have anything on the case? Because the boys are already well into a case. We've got no cold open of anyone getting killed. There's nothing flying around ghost style. The boys have done all that. They've already gotten, they're like eight minutes into this episode within the first minute. <laughs> what? No, the journey. Yeah, they've already been alerted in this case, arrived in town, gotten a motel room, and split up to do different things. <laughs> what happened between? We don't know. This is probably when we start thinking, maybe the monster isn't the main point of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Always a good hint. Sam has like seven books open and he's reading all of them all at once. And Dean's like, no, Sam, I don't have anything. You sent me on literally the thinnest of leads. And if I had something, I would have called you. I have absolutely nothing. <laughs> Why are you bothering me? And Sam's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I think we're hunting a gin. And Dean's like, seriously, a genie can some wishes granted up in here. Sam makes an I dream of genie reference before Dean can and says that there's a lot of mentions of genies in the Quran eating people. I don't know why I said Quran like that. Quran. The whitest way I could have said that. <laughs> My apologies <laughs> to anybody listening who I might have just offended <laughs> with that horrible pronunciation. I'm a white Christian and you offended me. <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> Dean says Barbara Eden was way hotter than that bewitch chick and I'm assuming he means Elizabeth Montgomery and I'm not sure what Dean is talking about because they are both beautiful blonde actresses and they could be sisters or cousins. They look exactly the same. Barbara Eden's costume was more revealing. That's probably I what Dean was thinking of. That is true. But like literally like face by face they look the same <laughs> to me. I was like googling like that in like 1965 uh, at the peak of their respective shows. Have you seen either of those shows? I haven't watched either of the shows but I am aware I used of to them. watch it like I, yeah. I understand the cultural reference um I watched neither used to be on TV land back in the day <laughs> they're fun shows yeah they are um, she married an astronaut that's the dream Sam is just like desperate for Dean's attention and mine because Sam's wearing two t-shirts leaving his arms bare plus the bangle is still present from episode 14 he's just got his one bangle so I'm just yeah my attention is on Sam which is even funnier considering like where Dean at like wardrobe goes <laughs> about three minutes. Dean says he'll check out some nearby ruins and he will not be going all the way back to pick up Sam first. They can't all be smart. Sometimes they're just pretty and this is one of those times. <laughs> At least they're, they're still pretty, though. And they're not smart. <laughs> At least you're still contributing to society. Dean is just hanging out with his large knife and a flashlight when he gets slammed up against a wall by a dude covered in what appear to be tattoos, and then he's got like, a glowy blue hand, and then Dean is waking up shirtless in bed next to a hot naked girl. And I was like, oh, Dean's not wearing a shirt. And then I was like, oh, like, also hot girl. <laughs> She's not wearing a shirt either. Also not wearing a shirt. So yeah, I just mark me down as distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Equality. Dean finds himself uh, some clothes. And a quick note, I was almost more distracted by Dean wearing a shirt because I got distracted by the shirt. This is the shirt that Dean was wearing in Playthings and Night Shifter that reminded me of a shirt that Dean wears in a really important to me scene in season 15, episode 3, The Rupture. It's the shirt. <laughs> At least you're thirsty in, like, a useful way. <laughs> 
Also, we since Jean has woke up shirtless, he now has a silver chain on, not his usual amulet, which has a black like cord instead of a chain. This oh, is yeah, a silver chain. It's very shiny in the camera light. Like very, very distracting how shiny the, the like cord for it is. <laughs> Just a bit bright. It's probably not the only thing distracting you right now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his shoulders were so tan that like it really was like a kid that. I mean, there's multiple, multiple things that shine. It was just like reflective. I'm like a pro. <laughs> Show me the shiny thing. <laughs> oh my god, my mom's gonna listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever shiny thing you have, show it. Sam still has this little Verizon wireless Motorola Moto Q, and he has a ton of stuff on his phone from Christopher Cooper. Three of the four emails that we can see are from this dude. One says Sam Winchester, one says Sammy, and one says S. Winchester itinerary and then some sort of ID number. And then the one not from Christopher is a CMS content management system bulletin from Cornerstone Warranty. So this Sam is boring and also maybe cheating on Jessica. <laughs> With the, uh, like literally so many emails and like we know that Sam does not go by Sammy. Wait, I missed the thing that makes you think he was cheating. <laughs> Just the volume of emails and then like one the one that says Sammy. This guy's probably Sam's like personal assistant or something. <laughs> okay, let's hope. Let's hope. Or his boss. It's one of those two. But I just like the Sammy really caught me off guard. <laughs> I was like, no one calls Sam that. It's like a boss that likes to infantilize people. Because it's like Sammy and Sam Winchester and S. Winchester. I was like, that's a, that's the full range of Sam's names. <laughs> wow, variety. And like three out of the four visible emails were from this one dude. Dean's like, I don't know where I am. And Sam's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know where you you think you are. I don't know about a gin. And I, but I do know that the hot girl is named Carmen. <laughs> and he's like, I just think you're drunk and hangs up. I'll see you tomorrow. He's like, go, go to sleep. Sam's reading Criminal Law and Procedure by Kevin Parks. As far as I can tell, I couldn't find this book, but it was actually really hard to see the author's name because of the way that it was embossed on the cover of this book. Ooh, good job. It was like a book from like one of the writers or something, I want to say. Like, this is a sign that something is up. This is also the only indication ever that Sam wanted to go into criminal law, except for maybe that one episode in season six. But like canonically, like we've all just accepted that Sam was going to go into into criminal law when he went to law school and this one like book is the only evidence <laughs> yeah this looks like one of the facts the law book that you read in alternate realities written by Kevin Burks it's not even real Dean picks up their mail and he's at the home of Carmen Porter whose address is 53 Barker Avenue Lawrence Kansas 66044 which is a correct zip code for Lawrence Kansas I was like they did their their job well, correctly they got right. <laughs> and the next two pieces of mail are addressed to him like he also lives here with this girl. Carmen is up now and I was immediately struck by how much she looks like Lisa, a character we have not yet met but will be meeting next season. And then by how perfect her hair is. Like, she's in a robe and we just saw her asleep and naked and now she has not a hair out of place. It's all, like, perfectly curled. It's smooth. It's shiny. I've never looked this good on, like, my, like, best day. <laughs> it makes sense, too. And this girl allegedly just woke up. So Dean's type is dark-haired beauties with very good hair. Literally her face. I to look it up to make sure they didn't reuse the actress. I was very like, what is happening? It is not the same actress. They just look incredibly alike. It was like the structure of her like bones and nose that really got me. I was like, is this not the same girl? <laughs> 
Yeah, she looks very similar. It's not. Cousins. Like, if you stare at her, but, like, my initial reaction was, oh my god, that looks like Lisa. <laughs> Foreshadowing in the yep. weirdest way. Carmen is more than happy to use up some of Dean's energy, and he's like, that sounds great, but he sends her back to bed so he can investigate their house, and he's looking at their photos when he sees one that just sends him running out the door. Dean drives over to their house, which is 1841 something street, and Mary Winchester answers the door, looking understandably concerned to see him and very much alive. <laughs> And this is the part of the episode where we're like, oh, this is serious. Yeah, things have taken a turn. Carmen also called Dean's mom. Just like, he's he's an adult, but he's still your problem. <laughs> yeah, the concern was real, yeah? Like, what, what's going on? But also, oh my gosh, she's not just a hookup. Yeah, she has his mom's phone number and he's comfortable calling in the middle of the night. Good to know. Dean <laughs> quizzes Mary on his childhood and then hugs her like it's been 20 years and she's very confused and concerned. <laughs> he's like, you're so beautiful. Like, do we ever have a fire here? And Mary's like, no, we never had a fire here. Like, are you drunk? Like, what is happening? <laughs> He's right, though. She is beautiful. She is. Honestly, Samantha Smith looks great, as always. Um, I would have a very good big look. Somebody asked Melina, like, oh, you look prettier. Was there a fire? Like, are you okay? You need help? It's an odd, like, left turn to an already weird conversation. I know, right? In another context, I'd be like, is he going to do a pickup line? <laughs> He's looking at pictures of him at his prom and Sam's graduation and John's softball photo. John's dead. He died of a stroke in his sleep. So glad he's not here. I know it's just because they couldn't get Jeffrey D. Morgan, but... <laughs> I don't want to see his stupid face. <laughs> Dean's like, that's great that dad died. And Mary's like, excuse me, what? That's my husband. Uh, come again? And your very loving father. Mary also assumes that Dean's drunk and she wants to call Carmen to get him. And Dean's like, no, I want to sleep here. And Mary's like, okay, I'm going to bed, you little weirdo. Like, I love you. That would be such a red flag for me. Like, I'd have so many follow-up questions if my child showed up in the middle of the night and then was so insistent on not going home to their partner for no apparent reason. And happy that his dad is dead. And also, I hope that she called Carmen and was like, yeah, he got here and he's weird, but he's fine. Because, <laughs> like, she's probably sitting up worrying. Probably, yeah. And it doesn't yeah, feel like anybody tells her that Dean, like, arrived at his mom's. Like, Dean wakes up on Mary's couch faced with their family photo from when the kids were small. All these photos are photoshopped together from Jensen and Jared and Samantha and Jeffrey's, like, actual photos and they look... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Little Very cuties. cute. I like it when they use like actual photos of Me the too. It's so young. cute. That's adorable. Little tiny Jensen in this family photo is so cute. And I think like, those are probably Jared's actual high school graduation photos. And they're super cute. It's like the tiny little baby. But I like that, that like the family photo just like gave Dean a jump scare. <laughs> Yeah. scarier than any monster I mean John Winchester in a Christmas sweater <laughs> a happy life I never experienced way scarier than like a gin Dean mm-hmm. needs some answers so 
he lies about being in some professor's class so he can talk to the dude about Jin and Dean's like, can I really do it? And the prof is like, uh, no, these are stories. And he's like, no, I know. In the stories, could they do it? And for the third time, Dean is asked if he's been drinking. <laughs> Again, with the professor who's like, son, these are stories. Like, no professor I know would talk like that. Yeah, exactly. Every professor I know would have been like, well, these people definitely thought that they could. Yeah, and like every professor I know would be like, I never get to info dump about this. Let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. <do> <laughs> Spent a decade getting this PhD. Also, I would I like to believe that this professor is like the driest professor because like when he's like, I don't remember you in my class, Dean's like, you make learning fun. <laughs> I love your lectures. And I would love if this guy like went out of his way to be boring and he was just confused by that whole comment. <laughs> What? My life's work. He's like, what did I, what just happened? Dean opens the trunk, and I have some things to say about the contents of Dean Winchester's trunk. Because he has no weapons back there, because he's a normal human being in this reality. But his trunk is not empty. He's got four coffee cups, at least, an old takeout container, two magazines, a flashlight, a baseball cap, what appears to be a t-shirt that was white when it went into the trunk, but it's definitely not going to be white when it comes out of the trunk. It is filthy. And then some other miscellaneous trash. Have some respect for your ride, man. <laughs> he doesn't kill people, but he's still gross. Disgusting. <laughs> also, like, not, no tools in sight. He's allegedly a mechanic, and just, like, not even a toolbox. They couldn't be bothered to throw a toolbox in the trunk. Like, <laughs> At least throw a wrench, something. Like, yeah, not a wrench in the case mechanic. Even a little bit. Just be lazy. Right. Dean turns, and he sees this girl in all white, including her shoes. I really noticed how bright her shoes were. <laughs> Staring at him really intently, but when he walks into traffic, he looks away and then she's gone and he almost dies. Pretty sure that girl is the star of Winona Earp. Really? I didn't like the notice. Show. I did not notice. I didn't even look her up. I feel bad though. <laughs> you well, she looks familiar to actress me. Like that. I'm looking at her? Well, she's kind of a major player in this episode, but she doesn't have any actual lines. Like a few near the end, but like not any real ones. She mostly is just mumbling about her dad. Like it's not even sentences. <laughs> yeah, no. I think she mumbles, no. where's my father? Or like, where's my dad? Or something like that. Not really anything you had to memorize. Yeah, like barely lines. You were correct. That was Winona Earp. Aha! Oh my god. Melanie Scrafano. I feel bad now that I forgot about her and didn't even bother to look her up because I would have loved to have discovered that fact. Thank you, Meredith. You're welcome. She's really <laughs> pretty, so I looked her up. Fair enough. That, that's valid. That sounds correct. <laughs> <laughs> Dean goes home to Mary's and she makes him a sandwich, which Dean is very much enjoying. Mary is very thrilled that Dean's here and hanging out at home, but shouldn't he be at the garage that he works at? And Dean's like, oh, work. No, I have today off. I hope he actually has today off because if not, he is going to get fired. It's fine. It's not like he's lingering here. I know, but I just like to think there is an alternate universe where this is all real. Aww. And now he's ruining logistics because he's taking a day off. And he's like, can I cut the grass for you? And Mary's like, uh, okay, I guess you'll... Again, little weirdo, but... Oh, Okay. Dean has the time of his life mowing Mary's lawn to the tune of What a Wonderful World by Joy Ramone. <laughs> Mary's got this beautiful green lawn and roses and I'm sorry to like come in here with my logic and bad news. I'm sorry to tell right. you this but Mary's birthday's in December so it should be winter. That's what I was just thinking. Like, it's like <laughs> December 5th. It's like, is it not? Like, yeah. September is like 48, It's Kansas in the winter. Degrees. This should be snow. <laughs> I love it when TV people just forget about weather and seasons. Yeah. It's just the funniest thing. Kansas isn't the most northern 
northern state, but it's northern enough to get some winter-like activity. <laughs> that there isn't going to be roses. <laughs> Is it just a gin that's making it like seem that way? I guess. Oh, yeah. That really should have been a clue, honestly. <laughs> there we go. We have an explanation this time. Dean is then sitting on the porch with a beer when a blue car pulls up. Again, Sam always picks blue cars. If there's any time Sam gets to pick his own vehicle, like, watch. It's almost always blue. This is a thing. He enjoys a blueberry. Yeah, he likes it. (laughs) (laughs) Just not the blueberry. Not the blueberry, but a blueberry. Dean practically strangles Jess in a hug because Jess and Sam are both here and they're both wearing white and I don't know why, but it took immediate issue with Sam's outfit. He's wearing the douchiest, like, white gray jacket. (laughs) Picked a better outfit. He just looks like an annoying, like, 80s TV villain. I didn't notice until you pointed it out, but you're right. It's just, it's very not Sam also. Yeah. Sam is very confused slash annoyed that Dean doesn't seem to remember any details about Sam's life, including what state he lives in, <laughs> or that it's their mom's birthday, which is the whole reason that he's here and not in his home state. Cue the five of them out to dinner and Dean has on the world's worst tie. The outfit choices in this episode, are like, like, really fluctuate between, like, really excellent and really terrible. Dean has on a terrible tie. Mary looks, like, beautiful. Like, I'm <laughs> Unspeakably beautiful. <laughs> As she should. I hope that they just like let Sam take that dress home to wear to some fancy occasion because she looks great. I thought you said I hope they let Sam take the dress home. <laughs> I was like, why would why would Sam want that dress? And I forgot the actress's name, Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Sam could take the dress if he wants to, but Yeah. I don't think it would fit, but yeah, I don't take think it, it home. would. I don't think it I don't think Jared could fit into this dress. Probably not. Sam's really confused slash annoyed with Dean and his behavior, but not as annoyed as Dean is with his meal. He's got some sort of asparagus dish that he's very not interested in eating. <laughs> oh, same. Carmen looks absolutely phenomenal in her outfit, too. She wears it again later in this episode, which was an interesting choice, but she's, like, promising him to get a cheeseburger on the way home, and, like, I love this, but also, like, don't go to a restaurant that you're gonna have to go and get another, like, fast food cheeseburger on the way home from. Like, just go out to a place where everybody can eat. <laughs> like, Mary, what is good here like, what is the appeal of this restaurant where there's nothing that your your son feels like eating at it? Like, I don't know. I'm not a mom. I kind of feel like Sam picked it. Probably. Yeah, he did, didn't he? I mean, if somebody was going to make totally a reservation, did. it clearly wasn't Dean. So. <laughs> I mean, th- no. this Sam is a little bit of a douchebag sometimes, so I bet he did. I bet you Sam and Jess in this timeline are, like, vegetarian. Oh, for sure. Well, Sam is, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Sam is on and off vegetarian, plus, yeah. like, he at least doesn't eat red meat, really. It's a whole thing. We'll talk about it as the show goes on, because I have so many thoughts about it. To be continued. Yeah. Sam and Essa's like, he and Jessica are engaged, and Mary is just over the moon for her baby. Like, <laughs> could not be more thrilled. She is very excited. They're all excited, but Sam gets, like, very visibly weirded out by, with, by Dean's sincere congratulations. All is not right with this world. Dean sees the girl in the white again, except she's wearing different clothes, or, like, just disheveled. They look an entirely different color to me. They don't look like the same clothes. They're definitely more gray than white. It's a sign. Yeah. They all go back to Mary's and Mary's immediately like, I want to go to bed and just leaves them all downstairs. And Sam and Jess also want to go to bed. And Dean's like, dude, it's nine o'clock. Let's go out. And Sam's like, can we have a minute alone? And then Sam calls Dean out for being all warm and fuzzy and acting like they're close. And Sam's
Sam's like, you bailed on my graduation and stole my credit card and slept with my prom date on prom night and generally just were not that great to me growing up and that's fine. But like, don't pretend to be close now because we're just not. <laughs> Which floors Gene. He cannot even like rack his brain around that idea at all. Bro. Gene goes back to his own house with Carmen and Carmen is back in her robe and she's getting cozy on the couch. Getting a little bit concerned about Gene's increasingly weird behavior. But his weird behavior is making Gene say things like, you're the one. So she's not going to ask too many more questions. And you know what? Same girl. I get it. <laughs> Don't prod. This is going well. If Dean Winchester looked me that close to my face and said you're the one to my face like that, yeah, I, I wouldn't ask any questions either. He could be as weird yeah. as he fucking wants to be. <laughs> I mean, that would be very disarming. I'll give you that. Just like, okay, I'll just be a puddle over here. It's fine. <laughs> Everything's great. I've melted. My brain is goo. Let's just... I'm very thirsty. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you need help. It's the domesticated Winchester. It's really just like nice to see. There's very little like them being scary in this episode. You gotta tell me how your mom reacts to it later. Oh, she's so proud of it. It'll be months before she hears it. Oh, good. <laughs> Carmen is going off to work a night shift. She's a nurse, which Dean calls respectable as he goes off to channel surf cooking shows. And he sees a news report about the plane crash from Phantom Traveler and starts looking at their old cases. And I really noted in particular Tyler from Playthings Drowned because Aww. Sam and Dean were there to save her. I was like, oh, thank you. Again, Susan, teach your child to swim. I know that the, I know the ghost held her under the water, but like, Jesus Christ, teach your child to swim if you have a pool. Even if you don't have a pool. Honestly, even if she could swim, having your head held underwater probably wouldn't help that you much. You're a fighting chance, though. <laughs> no excuses, dude. She could have fallen in there any other day. Dean then goes to John's grave to talk to their dad, and John heads so states that he's a loving husband and father, remembered forever. And Dean is giving himself a little talk from John because there's a little John in his head that he hears every time he wants to be selfish or anything less than perfect. Man, that epitaph is enough to note this is a weird universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a loving father at rest. So what? And a good husband. Aren't we sure? <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> Rayel Tucker. <laughs> Someone with secrets wrote that epitaph. I mean, Eric Kripke was also here and oh my god, people have been People have been, like, I don't even harassing Eric Kripke in, like, a not uh. entirely bad way. <laughs> with the new season of The Boys because every Eric Kripke show is just older brother forced to raise younger brother because dad is shitty. <laughs> and everyone's like, Eric, we see a pattern. how's your dad? <laughs> Except Timeless. How is your family re- relationship, sir? Like, do you need to talk to somebody? <laughs> we know you keep killing off blonde Jessica's because of that one girlfriend that you had. Like, you know that you keep doing that. And like, how's your dad? <laughs> you guys good? There was a dead blonde Jessica and timeless, but I don't think there were that many dad issues. I mean, it's, it's a lot, honestly, Eric. I hope you're okay. Like, we need to study him, dude. Jensen does the single man tier thing and walks away. The scene is beautifully shot. <laughs> They ended up doing it in, like, a single take, basically. Like, usually they film things on one camera and then film them on another camera. Like, they do the scene twice. They were trying to do that, and it just, like, was it, it was disruptive. So Eric's like, let's just set up two cameras, because I'm directing, and why not? So they just set up two cameras, and they just let him do the whole thing in one go. And, yeah, Judson's just a rock star. <laughs> Dean knows that they do have to sacrifice. Like, it's just, it's part of their family. 
he can't live with knowing that all these people are going to die slash have died because of him. Even more than he's realized that he is, you know, he hasn't really put the pieces together that, that it's not real. Like, but he's like, damn it, this is too good to be true. I absolutely love this next sequence. Eric Kripke directed and he wanted this. It's something I noticed before I watched the DVD commentary, but in the DVD commentary, Eric talks about wanting this and making it happen. Basically, this next sequence of Sam waking up and finding Dean stealing the silverware from Mary, it's like shot for shot the scene of Sam waking up and fighting Dean in the pilot when mm-hmm. Dean broke into their apartment at Stanford. I noticed that. So great. It's perfect. The way that Sam and Jess are laying in the bed, the fight choreo, it's it's so good. Eric did a great job with it. Dean's rifling through Mary's silver and he lies and says he owes a bookie some money and he's stealing from Mary to pay off his debt and he apologizes for not getting along better and Sam like doesn't much care for Dean but they're still brothers and he's still concerned and then Dean's sitting for too long in his car and Sam puts on a different jacket that's also somehow douchey and gets in the car with them and insists they're going together because they're still brothers and Dean calls him a bitch and Sam's just like offended and doesn't know (laughs) what do you call me a bitch for yeah (laughs) that's so rude he's like you're supposed to call me a jerk it's a thing that we do and Sam's like what the fuck are you talking about why would we do that the car license plate is a Kansas one again but it's not the original this one is RMD 5 okay round 2 name something that's not boring a laundry ooh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus h2 so interesting it's still not the original license plate very exciting sam asks what's in the bag and dean warns him that he doesn't want to know and that's because it's a mason jar of lamb's blood and starts explaining how he's hunting a gin and he needs a silver knife dipped in lamb's blood to kill it and sam's like this sounds like a psychotic break i think you need some professional help it's right though it does <laughs> but dean throws the motorola out of cues out the window. <laughs> this is escalating. That's a good phone. I had that for many years. I had the Trio 650 and the Moto Q. I had all of Sam's phones. <laughs> really? That's so amazing. I'm kind of wondering where Dean got the lamb's blood, though. Like, I feel like that's an important question. Sam does ask that question, and Dean says he doesn't want to know. <laughs> so we don't know. I'm sure he went to the butcher and got it. Probably, yeah. I'm sure he didn't kill a lamb in somebody's backyard. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't just, like, find a lamb somehow in, like, in the middle of Kansas. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Farms that, man, there. that man is crazy. <laughs> 
Saturday Night Special is on again, which was this song that was playing when Dean was driving by himself. I'm going to use this instance of it in the playlist because this time we get a little bit more of it and we get like the actual like Saturday Night Special line, but it was playing at the start of the episode as well. I'm just not going to put it in twice on this episode for no reason. Sam falls asleep on the drive to Illinois and Dean makes a Wizard of Oz, we're not in Kansas anymore joke, which was very funny. (laughs) Always appreciate those. Yeah, because they've driven from Kansas to Illinois very good. They're in the same ruins as Dean was in before and Sam's like, I want to go home. But then they hear something. So they find the dead people from Dean's closet. Oh, tough luck, Sammy. That he like thought he was hallucinating. And they find the girl that he's seeing everywhere. She's being like let out. The gin comes in for like a little drink, which disgusts this law student version of Sam and nearly blows their cover. He's just like horrified. Valid. baby. Good thing he's not real because he is not going to be okay after this. Dean does some math. The math starts to math and he realizes that he's probably somewhere else here also tied up in being blood out and all of this is happening in his head. And Sam tries to get him to leave but Dean's pretty sure. Dean's like, well, if you're about to die in a dream then you wake up which might not be true even in the supernatural universe but okay. Sam tries to convince him but Dean's sure enough then Mary appears out of nowhere and Dean goes from like 90% sure to really sure because yeah, like he was pretty sure based on the scenario but then like when Mary just like appears right when he's having a moment of weakness like yeah that's how reality works that's awfully convenient and then Jess and Carmen both also show up Jess is wearing a completely different outfit than she's been wearing at any point in the episode also I believe they had to film her parts of this like way later because she wasn't available so they like blue screened her in it's awkward but I'm just so glad to see Adrian Policky I love Adrian Policky so much I just think that she's very very fun Oh yeah. She's a fun actress. Adrian Palicki posted a TikTok with the supernatural scene of her burning on the ceiling a few weeks ago. And yeah, she's she's You're really welcome. just yes, Nick sent it to me so I can make a TikTok about it. I like that, you know, people who have been only been in Supernatural for like a few episodes are like really just like leaning into it now. It's like, yes, I was there when Rome fell. We're in a supernatural revival era between the like the prequel coming out and the boys being so successful with Jensen and people discovering Jensen. I think Supernatural is about to enter its first revival era since the mm, finale. Nice. Where people are going to start watching Supernatural for the first time in pretty large, larger numbers than I think we've been seeing since the finale. In which case, here's a great podcast to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> We're amazing, you guys. <laughs> if you're There's listening to this, you're already here, but I'm just saying if you have friends who are watching for the first time, recommend our show. We have so many opinions. We're so funny. Carmen is wearing her dress that she wore to the dinner. Jess is wearing like a sweater. Like, Jess is not dressed up, but Carmen is, she's wearing the same dress that she wore to the fancy dinner. Maybe Jess got cold. And then I was like, why isn't Carmen somebody dead or someone that we know? We're gonna find out at the end of the episode who Carmen is. But like, why isn't she someone that Dean cares about? (laughs) Mary is trying to talk Dean into staying, even though it's literally gonna kill him, and he wants all of this so badly. I'm pretty sure this is the first episode that has the fundamental question of why is it our job to save everyone, but it's definitely not the last. yeah, it's a question that shows up a yeah. lot, and I, I see why. It definitely does. Their yeah. life can be very, very taxing and frustrating. It might have been, like, a kind of undertone to some of the other episodes, but this is the first episode where, like, it's asked multiple times by multiple people in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is it always us? And 
There is an answer. We're just not going to learn it for another 13 years. <laughs> Probably because they hadn't created it yet. Yeah, I feel like Eric kind of always knew where things were going somewhat in eh? this respect. I think Eric kind of knew. Maybe not to the extent that things evolved to, but I think Eric definitely had an idea in seasons four and five, for sure. Maybe not this early, but... At least someone did. Yeah. Dean does wake up. Like, he stabs himself and it wakes him up. And Sam is there for real. And Dean is tied up and being fed on and he makes another Wizard of Oz reference he calls Sam and DM and says there's no place like home <laughs> Dean's really funny <laughs> in this episode I mean Dean's always really funny but he's really killing it how did Sam react to that it's like oh he's delirious Sam was too busy like being concerned that Dean's bleeding out to even care that he made a silly joke you know that's fair too bad because it was such a good joke and then he immediately pretty much gets in a fight with the gin, so he doesn't also doesn't have time because Sam's then immediately fighting for his life <laughs> It's fine. But Dean stabs the gin like just before he can also poison Sam. And the other girl, the girl in the white, is still alive. So they take her to a hospital. Back at the motel, Carmen is revealed to be a model in an El Sol beer ad in a magazine that Dean's been reading. And I think it's supposed to be like Corona. There's a a type of beer called Sol. But every ad of this made me think of, of the Corona brand. This is also really important because Dean was drinking it in the lawn mowing scene. And we're going to see this uh, El Sol brand a few more times, but you only see them drinking this El Sol in AU type episodes. 99% oh. of the time they drink uh, this uh, other beer called Marja Kugel, and it's the TV version of Lean Kugel. I don't think I said that correctly. That's all right. I don't know what that is. It's a, it's a German beer. <laughs> this means nothing to me. But yeah, like in, like they always drink like the beer in the like darker colored bottles in like in their like real life. And then in like AU episodes, they drink this El Sol, which comes in a clear bottle it's like a light colored beer that's a cool detail i don't i never noticed that before. i've seen it a few times and i again like, it is a beer that obviously exists in their world but it's just not a beer that they drink usually uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that we'll have to keep a t- keep tabs on the beer beer wise just to see if, it, if this l soul comes up in an episode where where it's actually them because i'm pretty sure it doesn't <laughs> sam says that the hospital called and the girl's gonna make it so they did save her and dean's like telling sam a little bit about this and Sam's like, I thought it was supposed to be a perfect fantasy. And Dean's like, it was not perfect. It was just a wish for our mom to have never have died. So they never like became like really close. And Sam's like, I'm glad that we do. And that most people wouldn't have had the strength to pull themselves out like Dean did. And Dean's like, well, I wanted to stay. And I wanted you and Jess to be like together. And I wanted our mom alive and to have grandkids. And ever since our dad died, the only thing I can think about is how much the jobs cost us. And Sam's like, it's worth the sacrifice and the pain. It's not fair, but the people they've saved are worth it. And this is very, like, upbeat for Sam lately. Sam's been really down in the dumps lately about things, and this is a very upbeat take for Sam. Oh, maybe he was having a good day. I mean, I don't know how it could have possibly been a good day since his brother got kidnapped and almost killed, but okay. <laughs> I mean, like, depression-wise. Depression-wise, I guess. Yeah, he's having a good day. You'd think he'd be a little bit more sad given the many, many mentions of his dead girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Usually that bumps him out. Usually the, even the mere mention of Jess really just gets to him, but you know what, Sam? Good for you. We can't really afford to have both of them in a bad mood anyways. But yeah, the episode just kind of ends there with them just being like wow our lives kind of suck but at least we save people so that their lives suck less very deep <laughs> yay yay <Fun> times <laughs> so we're gonna gonna go into our weekly segments and panels we're gonna start with death count this week we saw no death except for the gin 
like all other deaths were off screen or not real keeping our <laughs> on screen total at 190 and the on and off screen total for this episode was two that we could confirm which are the two dead people from the closet slash the ruins so that brings the on and off screen show total to 1320 plus there's probably some more that we didn't see but we could really only confirm those two yeah so MVP of the week let's see who Meredith would like to nominate uh, I might split it between the boys cause like yeah. I don't, Sam was doing like all the monster work but like Dean was the one who was in this alternate universe and had strength to leave yeah he had to do that whole feat of strength to get out of it yeah Nick how about you I'm gonna go with Dean I think like so Dean get out of there Jordan how about you I'm gonna go with Dean as well me too <laughs> it wasn't even a question to pull yourself out of that fantasy like that is such an immense feat of strength like just really really gave it to him I did respect Sam's seven books open though but oh yeah it must have been so hard to leave like we, we saw how hard it was but like emotionally Dean could have A just died in the in the dream and then also Dean saved Sam like like within seconds of getting out of the dream state like Sam arrived to save Dean and he only halfway saved Dean and then he immediately almost got himself killed and Dean had to save him so I just gave it to usually I'm a splitter especially when there's an opportunity to split between the boys but I'm gonna I'm gonna stow my Sam favoritism for a week aww <laughs> it's possible We're- we're very proud. You're strong, too. Back to test. Did we have two named women in this episode? Yeah, we yes. did. Yes. We had Mary. We had Jess. We had Carmen. We were good. Did they talk to one another? They sure did. Yep. Was the conversation about something other than a man? Maybe there might have been something at dinner, but... They talked about didn't... Jessica and Sam's engagement. Uh, no, he was involved. He's a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last I checked. So when Dean asked to talk to Sam alone for a minute. Carmen and Jess went into the other room together to hang out. So there probably was something. We just followed the wrong pair. <laughs> but this one didn't pass the Bechdel test, technically. Oh, no. So close. So close. We had three women and they were all named. We were so ahead of the game. <laughs> this week's case of the week was a jinn and the episode identified that they came from Islamic text, specifically the Quran. Merit, do you have some more information for us? I do. So, jinn are pre Islamic Arabic creatures who were later adapted into Islam. Jinn is the plural, and the singular is genie with an I on the end. It's likely that I'm not pronouncing any of this correctly. Stories of jinn are very old, and their exact origins are unclear, but we know they're Middle Eastern. We think that they used to be worshipped as gods or demigods. However, worshipping the jinn is prohibited in the Quran, so it's not common anymore. In Islam, they're more like minor spirits, different from the angels and demons. They have did say that they ate people a lot. So I can see why they were like, mm, don't worship them. <laughs> see why they put that boundary in place. I actually didn't see anything about eating people, but they had to put something in Supernatural. Jinn are typically invisible, which is very funny because of the divas we saw in an earlier episode. They have a number of powers and abilities, including shape-shifting into many different forms, such as humans, snakes, lizards, or scorpions. They could also possess people. They were associated with protection, too, and some people wore talismans with jinn on them to ward off danger. But then Jin also inflicted illness and harm on those who wronged them. So you never knew what you were getting with Jin because they were a lot like humans. They made choices as individuals, not a species. They were capable of both good and evil, right and wrong, being Muslim and not Muslim. That was pointed out. They could, you know, have religion. They were like humans in other ways too because they had their own culture with tribes and kings. They also occasionally had relationships and children with humans. Jin typically lived in hiding in deserts and desolate places. So the creepy old warehouse in the 
this episode checks out. Actually, based on my extremely limited knowledge, I think it's the most accurate thing here. They didn't really grant wishes, though. At least not that I can see. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, it is. The trope exists elsewhere in folklore, though, notably with like fairies and czarfish, which is like a whole genre of fairy tales. I'm assuming the trope is associated with jinn because of the story of Aladdin. Aladdin and the Wonderful Lamp is definitely the most famous story involving jinn in the Western world. The story involves two jinn who use magic to grant Aladdin's wishes. One lives in a ring and the other more powerful genie lives in the titular lamp. The story is usually included in 1001 Nights, a collection of Middle Eastern folktales compiled in the Islamic Golden Age, which took place from the 8th to the 14th centuries. However, we're not 100% sure where the story of Aladdin came from because it wasn't a part of the original collection and was first added by a French translator in the 1700s. And according to his diary, he got the story from a Syrian Maronite storyteller, but that's hard to prove. So the thing about Jinn granting wishes is kind of shady and confusing and hard to trace. So it's all up in the air at this point. I did not know any of that. That was all new information for me. <laughs> in conclusion, no one in the Western world knows what real Jinn are, including me. And the thing about Aladdin really bugs me because I study history in school and I want citations. I mean, people who collected those like fairy tales and folk tales from various parts of the world, they were always just like collecting them and not citing sources. That was kind of their deal. It was. Yeah. You see it in so many different cases and cultures. Grim Brothers, and, uh, I'm looking at you. Grim Brothers did other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I'll give, I'll give them that much. <laughs> what do we do next? I forgot how to run my own podcast. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else have anything they want to talk about with mythology? I really liked how they portrayed the djinn in Supernatural. I think it's very fun. I like the look that they gave them. I like how it is later when they've like refined it uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. The glowing blue hand I was like thrown off by. I'm like I don't remember that. <laughs> Aesthetically pleasing though. I always like glowing blue stuff. They really uh. refine this in later seasons but I really like the, the look and the vibe that they were going for. I was very into it. Interesting, yeah. I like this take on it with like the the wish is granted but only like in your mind. Like I like the part of like the traditional genie folklore where it's like yeah you get what you want but it always it, it always turns out wrong like your wish never goes how you think it will I love that I, I think this is like a, a fun little take on this I like how they included that like as part of the story mm-hmm. and because especially because it's so different from Aladdin because like Aladdin mm-hmm. always got exactly what he asked for yeah exactly the way he expected it to be like, the the jinn weren't really developed beyond that point mm-hmm. so I guess we'll move on to highlight and low light and we'll start with Nick what was your low light and your highlight I guess the low light was back when Dean had to try to unlive himself to get out of the dream the highlight was just him seeing Mary again yeah those are good Jordan how about you highlight is John Winchester is dead in both you verses <laughs> yay fine we don't need him <laughs> What was he going to do for us anyways, honestly? I know, honestly. Give us pain. Low light, probably. That Sam and Dean were not close in this universe. Yeah, that was a bummer. Yeah. It was sad. Meredith, how about you? Low light, I'm going to start with that. It was the same as Jordan's that, you know, Sam and Dean didn't have a good relationship in this particular universe because, like, their relationship is the driving force of the show. Yeah, especially in these early seasons. Like, Yeah, definitely. Because we don't have as many other characters yet and there's we ju- we're just focusing on them. Highlight is the scene of Dean like mowing the lawn. I feel like when people 
people think of this episode, they usually think of that scene because it's like it's so much fun. And it just it's one of the things that really highlights like how different Dean's life has been because he's so excited to mow the lawn. I love that scene. Yeah. My low light, it's pretty minor, but Carmen. I get the angle that they're going for to have this girl be a complete nobody to Dean. But there are characters that we could have had here. Like I said, I was immediately reminded of Lisa, even though we haven't actually met her. We all know I'm in love with Cassie Robinson. This would have been a perfect moment to have Cassie back. Yeah, actually, that was my argument against Lisa that, like, we haven't seen her yet. She doesn't have any significance. But Cassie would have been a really good option. Yeah, like, we could have just had any other character. Also, any other woman we've seen Dean with in the last two seasons. Like, there's been, like, one one off romances and, like, at least someone he, like, actually knew. Like, he's just fantasizing with this, like, girl from a beer ad and I'm just like, can we can we give him something meaningful? Yeah, I think I think Cassie would have been the best option. Mary and Jess and Jess are here and they're both like dead, like is the thing. And then Carmen's like the only other person that's like important in Dean's like fake life and she's just like someone he doesn't even know. It just seems like not the same amount of significance. Also, I just want Cassie back. <laughs> Fair. I mean, that's understandable. My highlight is the very end of the episode when Sam and Dean soldier their way through a very touching and meaningful conversation. They can't get all the words out because they're too manly for emotions. That toxic masculinity. <laughs> yeah, we love to see it. But they're trying to have a conversation. And I'm really, really glad that Sam acknowledges that he values that they are really close, like he values their close relationship, and that he sees how strong Dean had to be in this episode and in this season to get out of that. Like Sam makes a point of saying it out loud to Dean's face that it must have taken such strength to do that. And Good I was job, glad to Sam. see Sam acknowledging Dean is a strong character for once. Yeah. <laughs> Our next one is call CPS. Time some adults should be calling CPS, particularly on Sean. John was not here this episode, and in this episode, John and Mary were apparently attentive parents, and all of our past reasons for calling CPS on John never happened, which means that all of our past CPS claims weren't necessary in this universe. They're all good, eh? However, our CPS call on Susan and Playthings does still stand because our daughter's straight up brown. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a ghost involved, but like, oh my god, Susan. Mental health check. I'm not a psychologist. This segment is based purely on my own opinions. Be clear minded if you struggle with anything at all, please reach out for help. This week was pretty middle of the road mental health wise, and you know I don't like to judge the mental health based on these AU episodes. But I do have a few things I did want to talk about. One is the scene oh. where Dean goes to see John's grave. I don't like how clearly Dean can picture John in his head. Like John exists in Dean's mind with like a clarity. <laughs> that I hate. I have that with my parents, but my parents are just normal people. Yeah, they're not John. Yeah, the part of my brain that imagines what my parents will say about any given situation never asked me to sacrifice my whole life to go on a suicide mission or kill my brother or anything else that Dean's inner John tells him to do. <laughs> my brother's <laughs> <I mean>, very <laughs> relieved <laughs> when he never listens to the <laughs> I think there's a, a different voice telling you to kill your brother. <laughs> <laughs> my brother is safe. I love him. He's good. That sounds like a line they fed you. (laughs) My brother is safe. He's fine. I love him. I'm also really glad that fake Sam, the voice that I think Dean hears the most clearly in his head, is Sam's. And this fake Sam that only exists in Dean's mind was the person the least encouraging him to stay when he was trying to get out of the gin dream. Like, he was against Dean killing himself, which was the good. Also, anti-suicide. Very good. Very good for a Sam Winchester. (laughs) 
in any universe. But Mary and Carmen and Jess were all trying to talk into Sting, and Sam was just kind of like puppy dog eyes, but quiet. And I'm I was glad for that. <laughs> that felt accurate to me. Yeah, that's what Sam would do in real because life. Because Dean is the most likely to listen to Sam, even though he misses Mary and he wishes that Jess was alive, and he obviously is starting to enjoy his life with Carmen. Sam's opinion is the one that matters the most to him, and I think that if this Sam was a little bit more vocal, it would have been way harder for him to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam is a whole person to him, not just a concept. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, he hasn't seen Mary since he was a little kid, and he puts her on a pedestal. He met Jess once, and Carmen is a person that was basically made up for this. Yeah. Soul Transactions, there was none, even though this felt like a Soul Transactions episode. <laughs> it didn't really happen. Sam's traumatic brain injury, none. He, I mean, he wasn't really here for most of the episode, and that's fine. But while he was here, he didn't get knocked out. We love that. Yay! Good for you, Sam. He's on a streak again. He hasn't Good been job. knocked out in a hot minute. It's been six episodes now that Sam has been conscious for the whole episode. That's a hot streak. That's yeah. Good job. Yeah, I mean, we only have two episodes of the season left to go. We could go out of this season on a high note. <laughs> no, we won't be going out of this season on a high note. We already know. No, I was gonna say. <laughs> There's stuff coming. Jordan, what would you rate this episode? Uh, I'd, I'd give it a solid 7.5. Something like that? Okay, cool. Meredith, how about you? Yeah, probably like a 7. Like, it's a good episode that's fun to watch, has some interesting possibilities, but I just don't think about it that often. Okay, cool. I know some people are going to be very devastated by that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure people are devastated by most of what I have to say. <laughs> Nick, how about you? <laughs> I give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Interesting. I mean, it's good, but it's not my, it's not my absolute favorite of the season. Abigail's been coming up with a list of, like, essential episodes to watch, and we talked about this on Jamie's birthday bonus episode of Driver Picks the Podcast, like, which episodes from the first three seasons are absolutely essential for, like, plot and stuff, and all three of them said this episode, and I was like, what? you don't really need it. And they were like, I'm going to pretend you didn't say that. <laughs> I think it's good for character development. like, But it's not plot relevant. I get why they said it's essential, but like, mm. it's not one of my favorites. Like, if it turns to special children, it's debatable. If, it's if you're just watching me. for the overall plot, you don't need this episode. <laughs> I think it does what a filler episode is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it adds to the characters. This is very much a, an episode of both Dean and Dean's character, and Dean's sacrifices, and their sacrifices of the family very much about that and it it is good in that way I mean it's yeah. one of those episodes that I don't, I, if you want to use it as a plot that's fine it's not one of the absolute necessaries I think I can see why Eric Christie wanted to direct this episode why like out of all of the episodes in the first five seasons this was the one that he wanted <laughs> oh yeah definitely so let's do a line of the week and let's start with Merida I liked it when Sam was like you can't believe we're even related like <laughs> I feel that yeah that's true Nick how about you I like the line you know this one this one could use it moment. Jordan, how about you? What are you calling me a bitch for? <laughs> that was my second option. I was just so confused by the whole interaction. And then horrified, and then confused, and then horrified. Mine was Mary's just, you'd think you'd never mowed a lawn in your life. Because he has Well, Sprazy <laughs> did such a good job. He did a great job. He hasn't job. had any domesticity yet. You know? He did a great like... job, even though the lawnmower had no blades on it. <laughs> Details. There's a point where they lift the mower up too high, and you can literally see underneath that they does not have blades. Oh. <laughs> 
the genie was just like, eh, this is fine, whatever. We don't need an actual lawnmower, it's fine. It's like, fine, you want more lawn? Fine, go ahead. Like, I'm on a budget. I can't do everything in this illusion. Meredith, where can people find you? Hell, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram, TikTok on occasion, and Tumblr as uh, Shades of Dayanira. And if you go there, you'll see lots of really cool drawings of the fantasy novel I'm writing. Amazing. And Nick, where can people find you? I'm on TikTok and Instagram, please. Nice. And Jordan, how about you? I am on the TikTok at PsychicChick21. And if you enjoy fan fiction, you can find me on fanfiction.net under the same name. Nice. Man, fanfiction.net, that's one you don't hear every day. I still use it. Nobody else does, <laughs> but I still, I, I, I was reading some good ones last night that were psych fan fictions. And I was like, ooh. I am an AO3 girly. I, I need that AO3 tagging system. <laughs> to function. <laughs> I might have to switch over because I don't get as much readership anymore. Yeah. If I, get an e- if I get an email alert from fan fiction, someone has favorited your story or commented, I'm like, oh my God. Uh, so so tragic more of the world needs to be exposed to psych i agree i forget what i'm supposed to do next oh yeah next week (laughs) what are we doing next week next week we are covering season two episode 21 all hell breaks loose part one and jordan and meredith will be back and that'll be our crew for the last two episodes of the season we're gonna record them all i have one go same day same crew it'll be fun it's gonna be an experience guys I've been KJ, and this has been Supernatural Opinions. If you enjoyed our show, the best thing you can do is subscribe on your podcast app of choice and tell a friend. Check out our link tree in the episode description for all of our social media and any other Supernatural-related products we might be working on. Send us an email. Our address is supernaturalopinionspodcast at gmail.com or reach out directly to KJ at Ed and KJ on all platforms. Thank you to Joe Veretta for our theme song, and our logo was created by Faith Ebert of faithanddesigns.ca. The episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me, Ed and KJ. If you want to hear more from me, you can check out my other podcast, Series of Opinions. And last but not least, a huge thank you to all of our guests. Don't think in this world,